The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. I don't know about you, but life's getting a little messy around the president house. Trying to keep up with all the holiday preparations and celebrations, some of it good, some of it not so much. I have sermon notes scattered all over the house, presents hidden and not yet wrapped, some yet to get, never quite feeling like I'm keeping up with all the things that are important and letting go of the things that aren't. Our culture tells us that this is the time of year when everyone should be happy. But every day we are faced with the reality that for some of us it is not. This year, I feel very burdened by what I see happening across the globe. My heart breaks when I read one more story about the atrocities happening to the people of Aleppo, Syria, or the goodbyes being said to the people who lost their lives in the open fire or in our own community. When I hear the stories about the rise of white nationalism and bigotry in this country and our confusion about what steps are needed at this time and in this place to combat it, I'm left shaking my head and wondering what we have become. Life is messy. Life is messy no matter how much we try to dress it up and put tinsel on it, no matter how many ho-ho-hos we are. It's messy. And one of the things I think we tend to forget or don't want to look at as we prepare for the birth of Jesus is that our scriptures, our Christian traditions, have been trying to tell us that all along. And in good Christian tradition, we don't listen. Isaiah was rooted in his hard-to-wrangle community, the ones who had been led through the Red Sea by God and sustained for 40 years in the wilderness, but they forgot all that, and they go back to being, well, human and messy. But there is always the hope of the one who will come and make things right. So here we are on this fourth Sunday of Advent, making preparations for the welcome of the one who is promised. But even that was messy. You know the old saying, with God all things are possible? You know, I think we could also say, with God, a lot of things get messy. Beginning with this story of Jesus' conception. 
I'll never forget the day in my New Testament class at the GTU when the pro professor pointed out the odd inclusions in the genealogy at the beginning of Matthew. We didn't read it today, but it's 16 lines of so-and-so begat so-and-so and on and on tracing the lineage to David until that last line, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, not the begatter, of whom Jesus was born, who was called the Messiah. Now, I've heard it many times, but never stopped to consider that only five women are mentioned or alluded to in this genealogy. Tamar, Rahab, Bathsheba, Ruth, and Mary. And with the exception of Mary, all are Gentiles. And all of them are in kind of dicey relationships that don't conform to the conventional marriage expectations. Now, there are plenty of women in the Bible who do, but Matthew chooses these five to hold up in the lineage of Jesus. So already things are getting messy. And you know what? There might be more to this story of the conception of Jesus than gets written down, which is true of so much of scripture. So we are left trying to plumb the depths. We are left to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Like Joseph, who found himself betrothed to an apparently faithless woman but nevertheless was going to do the compassionate thing and put her away quietly, rather than expose her to shame and dishonor. But he was led by the Spirit down a different path. And this path had a lot of unknowns in it, but a lot of potential for messiness. By marrying this pregnant woman, he runs the risk of bringing in an interloper to his lineage. He risks being turned out of his own community and synagogue because he, according to Levitical law, is also tainted by her sin. But the angel appears and tells him, do not be afraid. Words that he needed to hear, and words we need to hear too. And I think it's especially true that when things get messy, that then is the time to be listening to the leading of the Spirit, and to trust that, as Julian of Norwich would say, and all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. But we humans just love to have things all tidied up with a bow on it. It's not easy to live in the ambiguity that is our one messy life. But we keep trying to make sense of the ambiguity even when it doesn't make sense. Even our faith stories, our Christmas stories, are told in a way that makes us think that the ambiguity is gone and we sweep under the rug the fact that we are still human and we still do really stupid human things. That atrocities are still being committed all over the world. That when we walk out our doors, we will still find people sleeping in the doorways, shattered lives with the hope in their eyes gone. So what's that all about? How can that be? Today, as we do every Sunday, we will recite together the Nicene Creed. It's a series of faith statements that in the 4th and 5th centuries were hammered out and fought over. Blood was spilled over trying to get it right, trying to pin down that which really can't be pinned down. Because we're talking about God here. And we, because we are human, want to put God in a box that we can handle, that we can comprehend, when God is so beyond our comprehension that we can only see, as Paul says, 
through a glass darkly. I have often felt that this creed, if just taken at face value, is lacking the spirit and the guts of faith. It says nothing of what Jesus taught, how he lived, how he climbed into the very being of his followers and led them to a new life. That's just not there. The meaning of this life, this life of Jesus, the manifestation of God being with us and in us, is something that isn't neatly pinned down. It's something that needs to be seen and felt and heard by the moving of the Spirit, just like Joseph heard and followed, just like Mary heard in the deepest recesses of her soul and followed. We don't get a lot of detail in Matthew. We get a lot of spirit. When we try to pin down too many details, we lose the spirit. What we get in Matthew is that this child will be named Emmanuel, which means God is with us, which means God is with us in our messy human life. So we will sing our carols and our falalas, and we will put to music all those things that can't really be explained or put into words. But I would suggest that as we go careening into the last week before Christmas, that maybe we should let some of it go, lest it obscure the leading of the Spirit that gently nudges us toward the life that Jesus came to show us. That we allow ourselves to become a little bit more like Joseph, and a little bit more like Mary, and set out on a journey that we know not where will lead us. On a journey that we know is probably going to get messy, and probably already is. As I was reading some notes about today's readings, I came across a story about one of the writer's mother, who many years ago gave birth to the writer's brother. And it was, of course, a joyous time, and the baby was welcomed and celebrated. But she was in a room, the bed separated by a curtain, with a woman who had delivered a stillborn baby a few hours before. And the next morning, her mother saw this woman standing at the window and whispering over and over again the words of the psalm, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And the writer's mother asked her, How can you say that today of all days? And the woman replied, Why should this be any different than any other day? And so it is with us, as we remember the birth of the Christ child, the one who came to save. His life was messy, so was ours. But we celebrate the birth of Emmanuel, the one who is with us through all the messiness of our days. So be not afraid, for this is the day the Lord has made. And let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. 
we wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.